Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. And welcome to episode 413 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. We have a house rules episode today. I'm very excited about this. I actually had to triple check to make sure we hadn't done something like this. I, how have we not done house rules for tidying up? I honestly thought we had. When you first put this on our calendar. I was like, we did that already. And then I thought Sarah would never let that happen. Well, Sarah so. might. Sarah doesn't <laughs> always have the best memory. Um, we have house rules for kid hygiene, which is about kids um, tidying know, up their tidying bodies, their selves. We have house rules for easier mornings, which definitely has some like home management things in there. Um, and then our other house rules are for about like birthdays and Halloween and siblings getting yeah. along. Um, if you're new around here, a house rules episode is where we feature uh, the genius of our community and all of these little, little shorthands and hacks uh, that moms all over the world are using to, I like to think of it as like smooth the bumps that recur in parenting life. So a house rule isn't necessarily going to it's not like magic. It's not your fairy godmother making something disappear forever, but it's something that allows you to shortcut to the place where your kids know what's expected of them and they can you can kind of repeat it every time without all the fuss is how I think of it. So they're really, really fun and you all are so smart. You, yes. My favorite thing about these House Rules episodes is just the clever way moms have of putting a spin on something that might be a little pedestrian or might seem a little obvious, but a fun spin that can make it actually work for that mom's family or uh, make it seem fun for the kids. I mean, and I really love this topic because as a mom of many kids for many years, the majority of our house rules, I would say somehow revolved around making our house livable. And yeah. a lot of that was about tidying up. It's not the most fun thing, but it is a, it can be a full family activity. And I think house rules make it so that we 
either don't have to clean as much when we, you know, decide to do like a big cleanup on the weekend or it's more fun and more effective when we do. So I am excited about this one. Would you agree? I think you would that um, while it seems on the surface to be, I don't know, it's just picking up toys. Like you said, it's kind of pedestrian, kind of mundane. But I looking back at when I had little kids, I would actually say that the tidiness of my house was sometimes deeply connected to my mental health. Like it actually, I think is really important. 100%. So, I mean, this is a tangent I won't go too far on, but there's, there are some truisms and, you know, quotes and things like that about parenting that can sometimes make it sound like a mom's job is too important to like waste her time cleaning and uh, Do you know, know what I'm I talking know about? You mean, yes. Like the <laughs> floors are will be sticky because they're only young ones, it, like that kind of thing. Yeah, right. I get it. And I understand the sentiment that is all very true. However, that to me, if I just like leaned in on that too hard and was like, well, my job as a mom is to do everything but keep the house tidy because that's somehow, you know, robbing my children of a present mother, then I would have a disastrous house and no one can find their stuff. And yeah. mom is grumpy. And, and like, I wouldn't be able to actually function at some point in that house. So there is a, there is a line to be walked. And I think figuring out how to keep a functionally tidy home, not a perfect home, not a no, never sticky home. Um, but figuring out how to do that makes you happier. And it's also a great thing to model for your kids. They're going to have to also figure out how to live in a house one day. Yes, absolutely. And it can be really lonely when you, I remember feeling kind of discouraged when I was in the phase where I wanted my kids to participate in cleaning up, tidying up, running the household. But that almost felt like more work in and of itself. Yeah. And as I read through, I remember you telling me, cause you're farther ahead than I am. And I remember you telling me like, it's okay. You've still got time. Like you're, you know, you still feel like you're doing it all yourself right now, or you're going through the motions of including the kids, but they're not really helping yet. Right. And you're right. It did. Like I did still have time, but, um, a lot of these house rules I'm inspired. <laughs> it's too late for my kids. I mean, my kids are older now. But I think a lot of these house rules, really, if you put them into use in your house, you could get three and four and six year olds participating in taking care of the family home. And that is such a, a um, aspiration I had. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure I nailed it in those years. But some of these I really think could work. Yeah, I don't think anyone nails it. But I think that we make tiny little baby steps toward the point at which they will care about keeping a house tidy for the sake of keeping it tidy, which probably won't be when they still live with you, unfortunately. (laughs) But it all counts. It's all, it's all part of like the, the seeds we're planting in their little brains when they're small, that this is a thing that we do as a family together because we all live in this house and we have to contribute to its care. So, and the, the more fun ways to, you know, make that happen or clever house rules to make that possible, the better, I think. I agree. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. 
Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out. (laughs) And their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first mani system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first mini system. Okay, so I, you know me and my disclaimers. I always say this in a House Rules episode, but if you're listening to this, please know we do not expect every single one of these ideas and hacks and rules to fit every family. In fact, that would be very overwhelming if you tried (laughs) It would be like a circus in your house. (laughs) Also, your kids would be like, wait, which one are we doing? Like, pick a method, mom. So this is absolutely a buffet of snack-sized options for you to try um, that came in from our listeners. So you pick what might apply to your family, your stage of life, the way you like to run your home, all of that. These are not rules. These are ideas. Yeah. Well, they are rules. Yeah. There's not a rule that you have to follow these rules or make them part of your rules. Yeah. Um, And so I put these into categories today. And our first category that we got quite a few suggestions in has to do with using music and or timers. But music and songs seemed to be the popular version of a timed event during which we will tidy. So um, let's talk about a few in songs and timers. Okay, well, I love this one from Sunny as um, a fellow music lover whose kids earlier than I would have liked started to like music that was a little more risque or repeat lines back to me where I was like, oh, boy. Anyway, Sunny says every once in a while, my kids latch onto a song they heard on the radio or TV that is not my favorite or just slightly too risque for their age range and eventually ends up on the no playlist. Occasionally, when the mess is out of control, I blast it through the house. And while it's on, everyone cleans and tidies for the entire song, then goes back to whatever they were doing. I love this because it's like using the um, somewhat naughty, yes, like amped up feeling. I can just picture her family getting really excited for like three minutes and cleaning really hard because they get to listen to this kind of off limit song. It's just such a clever way of kind of hacking kids, I don't know, yes. um, psychology a little bit. And also maybe this is a song Sunny really likes and yeah. it also amps her up and it gives her a chance to listen to it around her kids with while feeling like good about it. So yeah. I love that one. I love it so much. 
Um, Lindsay says, sometimes we'll put on a song and we have to tidy until the song is over. And then the kids get to pick a new song for a dance party once the house is picked up. So it's one song while you tidy and then a new song to celebrate the fact that you tidied for an entire song. I love that. The celebratory song is yeah. great. And the, the fact that the kids get to pick it. Um, Kate has a, a three song strategy. She says, whoever is home after dinner participates in our family three song cleanup. We clean up the house while dancing around to music. I mean, three songs is kind of the perfect length because yeah. it's there's a very clear end. It doesn't seem like a lot. I, I want to say from my background in radio, I think the typical like pop song is right around three minutes long, yeah, maybe a little bit longer. Guess, three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at about 10 minutes of cleanup, which you can get a lot done in 10 minutes. And everyone's going to be amped about it because I'm going to guess that the songs you're picking are things that that everyone likes. And I like that there's just like a structure and a routine around it that makes it, you know, finite, but not like we're going to clean for 90 yeah. seconds and then be done. It's like a good enough chunk of time, um, but it feels like not a lot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and if you have two or three kids, it also allows for like everyone to have a choice. Maybe kid, yeah. kid and mom get a choice or all three kids get a choice. So I love that. And Madison also has a three song cleanup. There's this is her version. She says each night we play three songs, a pump up song, a feel good song and a wind down song. During these three songs, everyone in the family tidies and, quote, puts the house to bed. It helps reset the house so we can start the next day with a clean slate. So that is very specific. I'm curious if Madison has like a set playlist of pump up, feel good and wind down, because I feel like I would mentally the choosing of those three categories of songs would do me in at the end of the day. But I'm guessing they either use the same ones or they've like got a, a list to choose from. And I also love the phrase putting the house to bed. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote Me back too. to her on the Facebook group that I, I haven't heard that. I don't think, but it's such, I, it's such a cute thing to use, especially with younger kids. Like everyone needs to be put to bed, including the kitchen and the house and the playroom. Well, I also love that because, uh, as we know with teenagers, sometimes you have to put things to bed so that everyone understands it's like done now, Yeah, <laughs> you know, the TV went to sleep. Please the don't turn the living room TV. The, yeah. <laughs> everything went to bed. Now let's Instagram do the same. went to bed. I could use <laughs> <Exactly>. that one. <laughs> okay. Well, our next category has to do generally with routines and rituals. And so these are um, patterns or rituals or house rules that help us tidy by doing kind of roughly the same thing in a rhythm. Maybe it's once a day, maybe it's once a week, maybe it's once a month. This is like really one of the keys to my parenting, as you know, Megan, as I really look for opportunities to create rhythms and rituals that we'd kind of be doing anyway. But once you give it a little bit more, if once you name it for your kids, it can really remove that. Like now we got to clean up because mom said so, but actually right. now we're cleaning up because it's time to put the house to bed. And that's what we do every day. So, um, yeah. let's share a few of our favorites from routines and rituals. So this I thought was really genius and very much a mom after my own heart. This yep. one comes from Sydney. She says, every day at 9 a.m., I will be cleaning the house. Anyone inside has to help. Anyone outside is free from cleaning duty. And she says, sometimes I can get this to last until lunchtime. So first of all, I love the idea of her just doing this leisurely clean because the kids are outside and she'd really rather they didn't come back in yep. <laughs> until lunchtime. But it kind of gets... Sometimes when I want my kids to help me with something, I don't really care if they help me with that thing. What I want is for them to be doing something other than sitting around inside. Yes. 
So them going outside is just as good in, in certain um, circumstances as them helping me, you know, clean the floors or whatever. And often it's worth, it's worth it to get them like to get the house to myself, to clean it the way I want to. And to know they're outside playing. Like those are two win, like two mom wins together, packaged together. But if they, if they seem to want to stay inside and would rather help me clean, that's great too. And I've used versions of this that I think are um, not quite as structured, but like, oh, okay, you don't want to help me clean. Great. Then what do you want to do outside instead? Yeah. And the kid gets to choose and either choice is great by me. Yes. I I 100% agree. This is also after my own heart. And I will say that um, this can work with teenagers and tweens and older kids too. Um, Sometimes they don't enjoy playing outside as much. We've got a, a driveway basketball hoop and we've got things for my kids to do outside, but it's not like they're little on a swing set anymore. But right. I will often say like your choice is to stay inside. If you, if you stay inside, I will give you a job. If you want to play outside, you can just be outside and teenagers might decide to walk the dog around the block or I don't know, listen to music and like shoot hoops in the front driveway. It's, it's definitely a activity I sanction for my older kids, but you're so right. The alternative is come in and I will give you a job. Either one is fine with me. Okay. So in Leah's house, it's a simple, everyone helps tidy up the house after supper. Simple enough. However, this is the house rule that I really love. She says, our rule for cleaning time is that you don't sit down. Kids sit all the time and then it (laughs) takes a while to get back up. So the rule is don't sit down. And I assume like at a certain point, whether it's the three song rule or 10 minutes or whatever, then the cleaning's done. And then you may sit down. This is so close to my heart. Uh, with some of my children who it's not like they're trying to totally get out of work. It's like they just kind of lose momentum steam. Well, and they'll find ways to like wedge themselves into a corner where no one can see them. I have kids who are pro level hiding in plain sight or downers. And it can, you kind of sometimes can forget that they're not actually doing anything because you're doing stuff and they're still breathing in the same room as you, you know, (laughs) but then you look over and you're like, wait, what are, what's going on over there? Oh, you know, I was looking in the couch cushions or whatever. So I also love, I love that rule. And let's face it. Mom is probably on her feet the whole time moving around. So they can, they can match your energy for a little while. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I love that one. All right. Well, this one comes from Katie and I think this is a classic example of passing the buck. Um, in a good way. So she says, Alexa reminds us each evening before bedtime and everyone stops what they're doing and we all get up and tidy for 10 minutes. Um, She points out that if you've been good about tidying throughout the day, it actually doesn't even take 10 minutes. And if things are totally chaotic, everyone still only works for 10 minutes. So she doesn't go, well, things are a little, you know, messier in here today. Let's do 20 minutes. She stays like on task, 10 minutes, everyone helps. And I just love that it's Alexa that tells them to do it. Because I know, I mean, I can see the kids definitely responding differently to a robotic voice instructing them to clean than maybe to mom's droning voice that they hear all day anyway. It's like got that that mix of novelty, but yet there's um, that really uh, specific limit on how long it's going to happen that I think the two things worked really well together. So very good one. And 
Kids will also benefit from when you say it's we're only going to do this for 10 minutes and you stick to that night after night, they they trust you. Because I think right. I sometimes am guilty of a little scope creep as a mom. Like once yeah. my kid agrees to tidy up their room, I'm like, oh, now could you help me with this? And now could you, like once I get them in motion, I want them to stay in motion. But actually, like this is a great way to show your kids that a little bit each day does make a difference. And you're not going to you're not going to trick them by telling them 10 minutes and then demanding 20. So I like exactly. And I think that this is like the playing the long game, right? Maybe you're not going to get the most amazing cleaning out of 10 minutes, but 10 minutes every single night that the kids don't complain about because they do trust you. Like you say, I think over time really makes a difference. Don't you remember like as a a young adult, like realizing how much you could get done in 10 minutes? Didn't you write a blog post or something about having Having like remembering how much you can get done. Things down that I could do in five, 10 or 15 minutes and stuck them on my computer because often that was the only time I had to work with. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, this is from Anne Marie, um, who I want to say have a, has a similar child to my Violet because this house rule is around what she calls weekend chaos or holiday chaos. These are blanket forts, ball pits. The things where the living room gets like completely hit by a kid tornado, those must go away before everyone heads back to school on Monday after a weekend or after a a school holiday or spring break or whatever. And she says, we will help, but I'm not doing it all by myself and I'm not getting stuck with it Monday morning. Megan, do you know how many Monday mornings have rolled around and I have some kind of like a cardboard house in my family room (laughs) or like the back hall has been turned into a grocery store. So yeah, I love this house rule. I really, as a mom who's really prioritized like free play, creative play for a lot of years, kept my kids largely off screens. Like you do accept that your, your house will be converted to not a tidy living room for, for longer than just like, Oh, we're going to play with blocks for an hour. Like I'm like, Anne Marie's talking about these major (laughs) room takeovers. Yes. So I love having an expectation that that can happen. And then what does the end of that look like? What does the, what is the putting away or the, like the returning to normal look like? And I think before you head back to school or Sunday evening is a great expectation to set. I'm not sure that I set that one every time, but I love it. Um, And I think that also applies to if you have, you know, I'm I'm thinking when I was in the stage of life where we had tons of sleepovers or I would let the Mm -hmm. kids sleep in the living room a lot. Um, I would let them kind of uproot their bedroom life and take it out into the house. And oh, when Clara had her little art, you know, stuff everywhere, there does have to be. Well, there doesn't have to be, but it's it helps mom out a lot if there's an end Mm -hmm. in sight. And if it doesn't have to if it's just like a known thing that on this day, it's all going to get put away. And it's not like every time you're going to the kids saying, Hey, can you put this away? And getting like groans and surprise, you know, like a surprised reaction. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yep. Um, Well, this is, I guess, similar. It's about Sundays from Jessica. She says they have toy rotation Sunday. Um, So the whole family helps put all the toys in the toys, the toy closets on Sundays. And then the kids get to pick out new ones to be in the playroom for the week. Um, realistically new toys get pulled out throughout the week and never make it back to the closet. So we need a fresh start every week. So it sounds like the way they've got their toy set up or their playroom set up is that not everything is in there all the time, which I think is brilliant because, because like kids don't need to be buried in every toy they own all the time. It helps them find the toys they actually want to play with and gives them a little novelty when some go away. 
but she's also realizing that like, she's not going to tell the kids, um, if you didn't take it out Sunday, you don't get to touch it. Right. Right. <laughs> it's not like it's going to creep out throughout the week. Yeah. <laughs> it's more about the clean. It's more about yes. the fresh start than it is being really rule heavy about which toys get used. I really love that one a lot. Any kind of toy rotation, I think, is so smart. Again, things I didn't really do, but I think other people would benefit from. Don't do what you know, I did. You know the fun thing about toy rotation, too? I'm, I'm not going to say I was amazing about it, but I did I did live in some smaller spaces where it was kind of necessary. Yeah. And sometimes it makes it really easy for certain toys to rotate into a box and never rotate back out. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. yeah. Like out of sight, out of mind for a bit, and then yep. out of house forever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a three-step process. I love that very much. Okay. So this next category is, I'm calling it a place for everything and everything in its place. And this, we had a lot in this category. And the idea is that when tidying becomes less stressful, when everyone in the house has an easy place to put things away. And so we have all kinds of genius solutions for like you know, those transition transitory baskets. That's not like really where it goes, but it's out of sight for now. So we got all kinds of great solutions in this category. What was one of your favorites, Megan? So I thought this one was interesting. This one comes from Laura. There's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of moms are putting things in baskets and moving around the house. And that's like, that's, (laughs) we just like everything. But what about the stuff that you want out of your house? Um, and she says, I have a basket by the front door for things that don't belong to our home. So borrowed books, um, her mother-in-law's Tupperware, friends, forgotten toys. I remember, so Jenna, um, one of my very best friends, and we spent so much time together when our kids were little, little, and Jenna is a classic forgetter. Her stuffer at my house, sir. I don't know how Uh to put it besides that. Like, um, she's a very detail oriented person in many ways, but she classically leaves things behind. And for a long time, it's like, I wouldn't, it would, this awkward transition, it would float around the house and I wouldn't know what to do with it. And then I'd be like, well, maybe I'll put it in my purse. And then next time I see, no, if I just had a basket to put Jenna's stuff in. And especially when, if you are having, um, like if it's, if it's typical for you to have other children in your house, like mm-hmm. cousins or just neighbors. friends, neighborhood yeah. people, they're always going to be leaving. There's going to be sippy cups that don't belong to your house. Yep. There are going to be blankies that don't belong to you. There's going to be hats and hoodies and socks and all kinds of things that don't belong to your family. So just put them all together in a place that's easy for someone to stop by and grab them. I love it so much. And I wrote back to Laura in the Facebook thread on this, but when we moved into this house, which is just a couple miles from my parents, so we see them all the time, I dedicated a drawer in our entry table and I call it their lost and found drawer, specifically just for my family, my parents and my brother. It is, I can't tell you the mental clutter that is reduced, just like you were saying with Jenna, where if it's a tup, often it's like a Tupperware or a co- like a travel coffee mug or something, I'll wash it and dry it. And then instead of it disappearing into my kitchen, it goes immediately into their drawer and my parents and my brother will check their drawer. It's like checking your cubby or your, your inbox or something when they come and go. And sometimes we do use that drawer for other things that go out to other people's houses. But I, I agree. That's a really smart one. Okay. So Lindsay and a couple of other people in our Facebook group had a similar version of this, which Lindsay calls it the one touch rule. For example, if you touch your sunglasses, put them where they belong. Don't touch them and then put them on the counter, touch them again, throw them in a basket, touch an item once and put it where it goes. And she says, yes, frequently I yell one touch as a reminder to put things where they belong. 
not just down. I mean, I'm picturing my kids just carrying items from one room to the other and like it, it just migrates. And then so then two more um, of our Facebook group members commented. Um, another Lindsay said, we do the same thing, but we say Ohio for only handle it once. So oh same idea. Gosh. And then Kate says, I always say, don't put it down, put it away. This I'm going to start um, implementing this. Is it r- possible right that, our, that teenagers are not too old for this? Because I want no, this to I think work we can so badly. I think we can Have do you- it. Have you ever had the experience where you hand your child something and they literally don't even break eye contact with you or take a step and they just put it down somewhere else? Yes. I mean, I will be like tidying and hand something to a kid and they just look right at me and put it on the counter. Yeah. That I just cleaned. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love this. And actually, I think this is a really good rule for myself, too, because I am sometimes guilty of like. I'm going to get this closer to where it goes. Mm-hmm. I have a really long ranch style spread out house. And so I'll like move things two rooms over, but not walk it all the way down to hall to where it goes. So I, I feel like I could use this too. And having an acronym Ohio or one yes, touch Ohio or whatever is, is so good. So, so good. Oh, genius. All right. Well, I also love this one from Melanie. She says, borrowing from retail stores, we have a go backs basket. Now I have not worked retail in a really long time, but I know what she's talking about. It's that little, you know, plastic bucket by the cashier where like, if you get up to the cashier and you decide you don't actually want this thing. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to assume that's what she means. Yeah, I think so too. I, no, it goes I in a, it goes in a container yep. to like be put back. So she says, I tidy daily and any of my daughter's stuff that's lying around and not in her room goes in that go backs basket. On Sunday, she puts on her favorite music and puts away her go backs. I like that. What I like about this is that she gives it a name. I think anytime you give something a fun name, it just increases the chance that, first of all, that the the kid will find it like a worthwhile thing to do. But it also is shorthand for the communication of what you're doing. And you don't have to say like, I need you to go pick up that basket of all of your things that I've been collecting all week and put it all back. You say go backs, they know what that is. So. Great one, Melanie. I think that's very smart. In my house, we call them bench baskets because we have a long bench in our dining room. And I've been doing this for probably four years since before we moved. Um, it took until my kids were capable of like it, it was an older kid phase for us. I, I don't yeah. think I could have achieved it with little kids, but it does work now. We call it their bench baskets. Anything I find when I'm tidying, um, it's in a really central location and I don't feel resentful dropping it in their bench basket, especially because I don't want to throw it away. Or I, if it's something I'm not sure, I put it in their bench basket and then they empty their bench baskets every weekend and they don't complain anymore. It's just a recurring weekend chore. So I can say that this one works in my house as well, except I didn't know the term go back. So we call them bench baskets. Um, okay. This is from Rebecca and we also have this in my house. She said, we have a lost toy basket for random puzzle pieces, game parts, tiny parts of a toy set. She said, I have someplace to put random things I find and the kids know to check there first if they're missing something. So I have a lot fewer, um, small toy situations going on in my house, but we do have a lot of board games and we have a little dish in our board games cupboard, like a little flat tray. And I call it the place where the lost things go, which is from Mary Poppins <laughs> Return, yeah. the place where lost things go. Um, but you will find like sorry pieces or random cards from it's ours is specific to board games, but it's really helpful because then if you go to get out that board game, you almost check the place where lost things go right away to be like, oh, there's another Scrabble tile or like. There's that thing that because these are the tiny things that you find like under a couch or 
right. you know, the cat ran away with. So highly recommend, especially in the realm of uh, game pieces. Yeah. Game pieces, I think are, I remember having a, a strategy that did not work with game parts for a long time where I feel like what I would do is try to immediately put them back, but then sometimes they wouldn't make it all the way back into the game because if yeah. you've got stacked up board games, I know, it's, so it's annoying. not easy to get into them. And I would be doing it with like one hand. So I didn't have a hand available. So then I would end up like putting the Monopoly Hotel on top of the box, the stack of board games. I mean, you know what I'm getting at. Yep. Like it never got where it needed to go. This is a job where you should, to make it easier, do it all at once. Yep. Like, yes. And, and often... Where there's one board game piece, there will be more. Yep. There's almost no point going through all the effort of getting that, like wedging that one piece right. back into the box when pretty good chance there's going to be a couple more behind yeah. it. Yeah, you're, so, ba yeah. you're batching a task that, like you said, is really inefficient and not really necessary to do, you know, throughout the week or throughout yeah. the month, but just similar to that go backs basket or the bench basket. So love yeah. that idea. Okay. Well, this one comes from Elizabeth. Um, she says, I don't like a lot of little pieces in my living room. So if something doesn't belong to mom or dad, or if it's on the community bookshelf, it gets tossed into what we call the living room basket of nonsense that I clean out once a week. I love that she calls it that. Um, I love it. And again, sometimes just giving something a clever name yep. makes it fun, makes people know what you're talking about. And then she says, Sometimes the nonsense gets put away and sometimes it gets thrown out. <laughs> I can get behind both of those choices. Me too. Me too. One of my kids misunderstood the word miscellaneous when they were really little. And we had something called a miscellaneous basket, but it, it morphed into hymenius, which I don't think is a word at all. And we will it. still <laughs> call things a hymenius basket. And that was like preschool talk for basket of nonsense. So I love it. Um, okay. So this is a simple one, but very smart. And I have done it myself. Emily says we have a basket in the powder room for dirty laundry. I assume by powder room, she means like a like a half bath, you know, not the normal bathroom near the bedrooms. She said everyone uses it and it keeps piles off the main living area. Megan, I just think when I became a mom, I didn't realize how many different locations people would take off their clothing. Like when yes. you are when you are growing up, truly mind boggling. You just think, well, you change clothes in your bedroom or maybe in your bathroom. You have a hamper like it's not that far. But when you are raising children, people are shedding uh, articles of clothing constantly in every room and in different phases of life in different houses I've lived in. I have absolutely employed a small laundry basket in the oddest of places like a powder room or like downstairs when the rest of the laundry was upstairs. Like if you find clothes piling up, add a small laundry basket in a corner somewhere. And it's just a, a shortcut to that slightly easier tidiness. I think I need to do that because not only is it so annoying, I mean, I don't understand why they have to like the moment a piece of clothing feels extraneous to them. It has to be immediately removed and just yeah. left where, you know, but also cat hair gets on it. So then mm -hmm. it becomes kind of unwearable that, you know, pretty quickly after it leaves their body, yeah. a cat will make it their home. And then the kid doesn't want to wear it. And I don't want to launder a hoodie that was on like on right. them over a shirt for an hour. So right. yeah, that's a really good idea. All right. Well, I thought this one was really smart um, from Lizzie. And this is about kind of presetting your home in a way that makes tidying up faster. So yeah. she says, we have zones of toys in our home. There's upstairs toys, main level art supplies, basement toys, and outside toys. And for the most part, toys have to stay in their zones. 
It makes tidying up a little simpler to do it by zone. And the other bonus is that sometimes, she says, we reorganize a space or rotate toys to a different part of the house and it reinvigorates the play experience. So this is kind of like that, you know, swapping toys or rotating through toys. It's like that. It's not like Lizzie is being so rigid that there's no way an upstairs art, you know, main level art supply toy could ever be in a bedroom, let's say, or in a different area of the house. But it's like, let's do it in an intentional way so that it's like a fresh injection into that space. Not just like that sort of leak, you know, the, the house leaks that we get where things just kind of end up in the wrong area of the house for the kids to even enjoy them in. Yep. Um, and then they don't even get played with. They, they kind of become white noise Mm -hmm. in that room and get kind of ignored. So I think that's really smart. I do too. And kids get overwhelmed when all the different types of, um, toys and play things are all mixed together. It's not really enjoyable for them either. I'm thinking of like a really thoughtfully designed preschool classroom. It has mm-hmm. zones. There's like yeah. the dress up corner. There's the art easel section. And so it, like, like you said, it's not about being rigid. I think it's actually about helping kids feel the structure and the parameters so that they can do what they do in those zones. And then I, what I also love about this is when it does come time to clean up or tidy, you don't feel like you have to do it all. You'd be like, today we're going to tidy the basement. You know, today right. we're going to clean up these art supplies. So I love that. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today. And I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, Megan. So the next category, I put all of our house rules submissions that were particularly oriented toward fun or making tidying up into a game. Although I have to give credit, a lot of the ones we've talked about already are totally fun. And their moms being very clever about injecting some, some fun into tidying up. But these, these were like sort of next level gamification of tidying (laughs) up. Um, And so let's talk about these. So I love this one from Lauren. Um, She calls this mystery toy. She says, mystery toy works best for my young girls going on six and three years old. I brought this idea home from teaching in an elementary school. I choose one item that needs to be cleaned up and I deem it the mystery toy, but I don't tell them what it is. 
So they're motivated to clean up the whole room in hopes of being the one who puts away the mystery toy. I keep an eye on the item while they clean to make sure I know who picks it up. And then once everything is put away, I tell them who got the mystery toy and that kiddo earns a a small reward. I mean, this is like genius because talk about just like using (laughs) the carrot, you know, the bribe to get everything cleaned. If she just said, I want that thing cleaned up. Yeah. The kids might clean that thing up and, you know, and you'll get a prize or whatever. But this way she gets the whole room cleaned up. Have your kids, did your kids ever do this in their classrooms? Because I did know this game from a teacher using it to help kids tidy up a classroom. I don't remember it. No, no. <laughs> Teachers are the smartest. <laughs> I do think that this would have caused insane fights. I'm just going to say that not because uh. every <laughs> pair of kids is different and Lauren's six and three-year-olds, it works for them. And I'm, I know when you're a mom, you can also like game it a little bit, make it fair. Or if the older one is always winning, you can kind of tip the scales. I think this at certain times in my parenting life, this would have caused outsized competition and fights. And I'm just saying that in case anybody else is in that boat. And that's why you don't have to take all these house rules for you. You can pick. The no. And I bet work. you there's also a way to make it so that everybody wins. Like, yeah. I think that just like anything else, if there's if if the competitiveness at the home or the dynamics between your kids at this point wouldn't allow like one kid to win a prize, maybe there's a way that it becomes collaborative. Yeah. We can all get clever with the way we totally. implement these things. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sunny says before leaving the house or starting a fun activity, we choose a random number under 10 and yell it out. And all the kids rush to find that number of things that are out of place and put them where they belong or in the garbage. So if we yell five, all six of us, four kids and two parents, have to grab five things and put them away as fast as possible. Boom. 30 out of place things put away in under 30 seconds. It's pretty I good. Love that is I great. love it too. That has to employ, I mean, it kind of employs the Ohio only. Yeah. I already forgot what it stands for, but only, the touch ones only, only hands hand. on what, what I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> only yeah. handle it once. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but it's like putting a timer to that. And yeah. I love how quickly you could take care of a lot of things. Absolutely. Um, this one also comes from Elizabeth, who I, um, I had another tip I shared of hers in the first half. She says, I have two hall closets that I put random little goodies and different kinds of stuff in. And at the end of the week, when the kids have earned their chore cash, they go in and shop. I mean, this is like taking the school it. store idea yes, uh, like to like another the level. Treasure box. Yeah, exactly. And then she says, but don't break the bank because some of the stuff in my chore closet are just party favors. The kids were given at birthday parties or maybe like leftover birthday favors that you gave away and had some left. And we all have like little junky stuff that ends up floating into the house. You can put that and give it, you know, give it to your kids as a chore reward. And you're letting them them shop from things that you, that are kind of already in circulation. I'm picturing this working with preschool and younger elementary school kids who they just need a little incentive. This is different. And I want to clarify, this is different than bribing or paying or like getting your kids um, a brand new toy for cleaning up their room or something. And that's not what this is. This is really, really smart because it's, it's just um, creating that like shop from the treasure box experience when they've done the things that they need to do anyway throughout the week. And they get, I think when she says chore cash, it's like, I'm picturing it as like made up mommy money. Like, yes, I love it so, so much. So smart. Yep. Um, Lindsay said this, and then she had a few people respond and say that they are also doing this. And it is 
to get kids to cooperate, she sets up a device to take a time-lapse video as they tidy. These are so fun for the kids to watch and so satisfying for us moms. So Megan, you know, right, what she's talking about, like the time-lapse. Oh, I I thought this was so brilliant because... I mean, and also like everybody wants to kind of think of themselves as like little stars of Instagram, yes. you know, and so, you know, there you've got that. Maybe they'll ask you to post it for them somewhere. I feel like Who knows? I have set up a time lapse while I tidied my kitchen before and I yes, am 43 years old. So there is something so satisfying to watch it back really fast. And I think kids could really get into that. And I know when Lindsay said it, several other people were like, oh, my gosh, we do this, too. So that's a great one. I think I might steal that one. Although my kids now are old enough that I think they'd be really cynical about it the whole time. Yeah. And they'd accuse me of trying to, you know, use them for content or yeah, something, totally, totally. which maybe I would because that's yeah. my right. OK, um, I love this one from Rebecca. She says we have different levels of cleanup depending on how ready for bed I am. I, mean, <laughs> I can identify with this so much. Level one, the queen is coming over. <laughs> sort the toy baskets and put everything in the right spot. Level two, friends are coming over to make a mess anyway. Put away what's out, but no Marie Kondoing anything. And then level three, nobody's coming over. Toys off the floor for the Roomba as fast as you can, and it doesn't matter what basket they land in. I love, first of all, the levels. Again, it's like shorthand that the kids will eventually learn. But I love that it's all based on like what she wants to do. If she just wants to go to bed, it really doesn't matter if people are coming over or not. Um you know, she has the, she has the prerogative to say it's level one because she wants it to be level one or level three because she wants it to be. I also think it's good for kids. It's, it's good to acknowledge to kids that this is a lifelong journey of learning to stay tidy. And as grownups, we're not perfect either. Like sometimes we decide to phone it in and do a level three. Sometimes the queen's coming over and it's a level one. So why not name it like, and, and kind of include them in that process. I really love that. That's a really good one. Did I ever tell you about my kids would get really suspicious um, that I was having people over? Yes, like we'd be cleaning that. and they'd say, do you, they'd say, do you have a date coming over? Oh. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> and sometimes yes. So no. That's really funny. Um, well, this one's just really simple and it's from Tina. And she said in the family room, we have races to see who can clean up the most in 10 minutes. So again, back to those like timers and competition and, um, turning anything into a game can make it a little bit fun. It makes me think of Mary Poppins. Okay. So this last category is all around calling it domains and delegation, but it's all around deciding whose responsibility it is to tidy. And to me, the almost the biggest or most important aspect of that is also deciding what's not your responsibility as a mom. Like a lot of making peace with the tidiness of your home is sometimes accepting what isn't your job to worry about, whether that's a kid's bedroom or whether that's the fact like me, I don't mind going to bed with dirty dishes in the sink. It's just not, it's not something that bothers me. So I love choosing what is and isn't people's domains to have to worry about because otherwise it can all feel so overwhelming. So it all feels like mom's domain or it all feels like mom needs to worry about it being someone else's domain when sometimes it can be like nobody's domain or she can just like let go of expectations and, around and it. And this is where like social media comparison and like yeah. what other moms do can get really insidious. Like if we think everybody is, everybody's kids are cleaning their room every day and everybody's keeping a tidy home. Like this is where you really get to decide your home tidiness values and then declare it to be so. And so yeah. we got a lot of tips that really were about 
these like, I, I don't know, like domain, like who's, whose job is it to worry about this or do we worry about it at all? Well, my favorite one of this whole bunch, I think I, I say that now, but I could be reminded that there's another that's actually my favorite, but Kelly says mine is actually an anti-tidying rule. Each of my kids has their own room and it's allowed to be messy. Only rule is if they want snuggles at bedtime, there must be a clear path for me from the door to the bed that I can navigate in the dark. Um, I love this because, you know, if your kids want to have a messy room and you've decided that's okay with you, great. But then they can't expect you to like risk your neck and limbs yep. to get there. Like, you know, it's not fair for you to then have to crawl over a pile of Legos or something to get to them. It's, it's like if they want snuggles, which many kids really, really do, they can put a little effort into creating some hospitality. And that's, you know, it's, it's all about manners really at that point. It's about like doing something to make you comfortable so that they can receive you and in their space. It's great practice on like boundaries, right? You can yeah. say you get to choose how your room looks. I choose not to put my life at risk by walking into your room. So that's my choice. If you would like me to come in, I, I would like to feel safe on the path. Yeah. I mean, I'm making it sound super serious, but it's actually, it's just a simple, like, you get to use eye language. Like I'm not going to walk through this room, but you can keep it how, how it is. And and I would say you could even extend that to, um, non life threatening bedroom situations. Like I don't want to come into a room that stinks or I yeah. don't want to come into a room that gives me anxiety because there's so much stuff everywhere. Right. So that's on, you know, that's on you. It's up to you to make the room, um, hospitable if you want people to be in it. Yep. Yep. And we had several people talk about letting kids have quite a bit of autonomy. Um, and more than one person named that uh, door to the bed safe pathway. So yes. <laughs> I think it's good. Um, so Kate said, I made each of our three kids in charge of one particular chore that I don't enjoy doing. The clarity and simplicity of that has made it stick. One keeps the main bathroom clean. One empties mini trashes into the main one. And one does all the dusting. They can do these anytime as long as it gets done once a week. I love this very much. Most, mostly I love that she picked the things she likes least Doesn't want to, to delegate. Because, hey, <laughs> yeah. like, that's why we had all these kids. No, that's not right. why. But, like, it's, well, it's no, a benefit. Well, no, but, I mean, once, yeah. you've made, once you've made them, they yeah. <laughs> that's one of the perks, right? And I think that... um I, I like that the simplicity of it, yep. it's just one thing yep. each. So yep. they know what it is and it's something she doesn't want to do. And it's just, they know that that's their one thing to do. Yep. I love it. This one comes from Carol. She says, I identified the mini pain points that annoy me or that I forget to do LOL. And I've assigned two to each of my two kids each day as their chore. These surprisingly add up some examples. My youngest replaces toilet paper twice a week, swaps out the hand towels, vacuums the entrance. My eldest more often than not forgets, but he is supposed to sweep the kitchen, fold blankets on the basement couch, fill soap dispensers, et cetera. So what I like about these is these are little things. Like yeah. these aren't, you know, um, folding the blankets on the basement couch or remembering to put teepee in the bathrooms. Over the years, I have definitely had many tasks like that, that I've rotated through my kids have kind of fallen out of doing that. But I think I might want to bring it back up because yeah. those things really do for a mom's load. Yep. Those little things really add up, but they're nothing to a kid who has easily 20 to 30 minutes to spare before they need to jump into their homework or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that what Carol named, they really are like home management tasks more than they are traditional kids chores. Like yes. clean your room, clear the dishes, uh, empty the dishwasher. These are things that like it's, it's invisible labor. A lot of the times, like, you know, swapping out hand towels and replacing toilet paper. Those are things that a kid could grow up thinking a fairy does it thinking it's like, yeah, magic I was just because say, like, when yeah. you're sitting on the toilet and you reach over and there's toilet paper there, how did it get there? Yeah. Yeah. Magic, magic, mama magic. fairy. I think both of the last two um, speak to something that I've really leaned in on, which is giving a kid a job for an indeterminate amount of time, but like at least six months or a year, you don't have to have complicated chore rotations. Um, yeah. There's a lot of value in a kid just taking complete ownership or of a task for a, a longer amount of time. And I think both Kate and Carol were saying that as well. Then you're not like, whose turn is it to take out the trash? It's, it's Joe's like, that's Joe's job this year. So I love that. Okay. Well, this was great, Megan. I feel like we jam packed this one with genius tips from our community. And by the way, um, this all exists in our Facebook group in a big long thread that includes even more great ideas. Um, we can't, we don't have time to feature them all. So we will link up that thread. And if you're not in our Facebook group, you just have to answer a couple of questions uh, before entry so that we know you are actually a person who listens to the podcast and wants to be there in the community. Um, yeah, it's a special place and we mm -hmm. want to keep it that way. Yeah, so, exactly. Yes. But we'd love to have you there. And then you can read all of the house rules for tidying up. And I would also encourage you to go listen to other house rules episodes if you haven't um, heard them all, just because they really pack the punch when it comes to these smart, practical tips. So this was really fun. We are back with everybody one week from today, next Tuesday. And we also have our listener survey still uh, out there available for you to fill it out. It's at themomhour.com slash survey. We would really appreciate it if you took a few minutes to take care of that. And Megan, this was great. Talk to everybody soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple podcasts, just navigate to the mom hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole, and then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. 
The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. 